0: Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome, giving them extensive information concerning their redemption through Christ Jesus and how their redemption through Christ is far superior to what they were experiencing under the law of Moses, that they're not under the law of God's grace. They're no longer under law, but under grace, therefore they're no longer in bondage to sin. And, and talking about their freedom, contrasting the old and the new. He's getting towards the end, of the, the end of his letter. He makes this statement that because of this new relationship that we have with God that's based on the grace of God and not on the law of Moses, here's what I want you to do. Verse 2 says, don't be, be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed. We've been talking about transformation the last several weeks and how uh, especially uh, transforming grace. You know, if you've, uh, you've all have experienced transformation to one degree or another, but transformation is very liberating, very liberating. You know, when, you be, when you're born again and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is, the, that is the ultimate liberation from old to new, from death to life, from darkness to light, uh, from hatred to love. You know, from anxiety to peace, it's just, it's just an awesome transformation. But now that we're transformed, taken out of the kingdom of darkness and trans, transferred into the kingdom of God's dear Son, we are to continually be experiencing the transforming power of God known as the grace of God, the ability to change. And so grace is defined as God's ability in us enabling us to do what we cannot do on our own strength. So it's important that we recognize that and acknowledge that there's a grace to do the things that God has called us to do that are expected of us, and that we have, by the grace of God, we can draw on those. And we emphasize that because many times we find ourselves accepting what we are based on our DNA, based on our our. our nature or nurture in childhood. And we kind of adopt the attitude, well, I am what I am and I really can't help it. You know, my, my dad was an angry man. I'm an angry man. And I found out my grandfather was an angry man. And so I'm just angry. I, I can't help it. I just have, a, I have this issue with anger. Well, it may be true that you have an issue with anger and your dad was an angry man, your grandfather was an angry man, and you go back to the family tree and you find out a whole bunch of people were angry, but that doesn't mean that you have to accept the fact that you're angry and you'll always be angry. You can overcome that. We can put that aside and by the grace of God, it can conquer that spirit of anger, the spirit of fear, the spirit of envy, just whatever it may be that we have a. a allowed our mind to settle in on and adopted the attitude that, well, it's just who I am and I really can't change. That's a falsehood. And we need to look to Jesus and turn to Jesus and really believe that, that he is interested in our lives being transformed. We have, we have different personalities and we have different giftings and we celebrate our personalities and we celebrate our giftings but we recognize that we become more gracious in our giftings. We use the illustration of uh, Martha, Mary's sister Martha, how Jesus basically rebuked her for being all anxious and worrying about many things, and because she was complaining that Mary wasn't helping her serve when she was, had Jesus and his entourage at their house for dinner. But then later we find Mary and Martha again serving a large meal in celebration of Lazarus being raised from the dead. They had Lazarus at their house, and Jesus was there also. And many people came to see Lazarus. And they were serving, and Mary's found again sitting at the feet of Jesus, not listening to his words this time, but now she's at the feet of Jesus worshiping him. So when you spend time in the Word, eventually you're going to be a worshiper. Amen? You're eventually going to be a worshiper. But Martha's serving again. But the good news is that she's not complaining. So she, there's a transformation. She's still serving. She's still doing what she's gifted to do. And, 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 but now she's doing it with a cheerful heart rather than complaining about it. And that's what we want to, want to see in our lives as well. We want to see our lives being developed, that the things that we're called to do, that we're doing all things as unto the Lord, and we're not doing anything with grumbling or complaining. Let me go back here and come back out and start over again. (laughs) Maybe bring the worship team back up and see if we can get, get everybody awake. Let us grow and mature to a place where we're doing what we're doing as unto the Lord without murmuring and complaining. Amen. That is growing in grace. That is transformation in the grace of Almighty God. We want to continually be transformed. The Apostle Paul was a violent, violent, angry person, persecuting the church. He said, I was but when he talked about his testimony, he said, I was formerly, I was formerly an angry person, a violent person. And that's how we need to be talking about our lives. I was angry. I was. Envious. I was lazy. I was whatever. And, but I'm no longer because by the grace of God, I now am a child of God. I now am an apostle of Christ. I'm now a follower of Jesus. I now am a worshiper of God. I now enjoy serving, and I don't even complain about it anymore. I look forward to it. And so that is transformation in the grace of Almighty God. And we want to continue to press in on that and believe God that he has great things in store for us. But we must be dependent upon the grace of God. In Hebrews chapter 13, it's a similar book to Romans in the fact that it's it's much time is spent contrasting our relationship to God under the old covenant versus our relationship to God under the new covenant, under the... Grace of God. So when you read that, if you think of it as contrasting old and new. And in the new, uh, this statement is made in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9, that we are not to be carried away with, with uh, various and strange doctrines. Various and strange doctrines. Then he went on and said, For it is good that your heart be established by grace. Your heart to be established by grace. Grace and not with all the other various and strange doctrines that have to do with food and festival days and and the laws of Moses and so forth, but that we really become established in the grace of God. That's because the time that we're living in today is known as the church age. Some people refer to it as the church age, and others refer to it as as the dispensation or the administration of the grace of God. It's our relationship to God for, for us as a church, until Jesus comes back, is based on the grace of God. That's the administration we're under. That's why it's good that our heart be established by grace and not with a bunch of uh, various and strange traditions of men or various and strange doctrines that have to do with food or what to abstain from, what not to abstain from, and so on. Uh, be established. Be a student of the Word of God. Sit at the feet of Jesus until you become a worshiper of Jesus. Keep following Jesus until you can get from serving with grumbling to serving without grumbling. The grace of God will get a hold of you. The Apostle Paul, I don't even think was looking for the grace of God. But one day, it just grabbed a hold of him, and he was transformed. It stopped him from going in a bad direction and, and transformed his life into going into a new direction. The Apostle Paul had such a transforming experience in the grace of God. He writes extensively about it. matter of fact, when you study the letters uh, to the churches, to Ephesians and Colossians, Corinthians, Galatians, you read those particular letters, you'll discover that Jesus himself appeared to Paul and gave Paul the revelation of the grace, of the administration of God's grace that we're in today. The Apostle Paul, who was the least, of all, least worthy of all the apostles, said, I wasn't worthy of it because of my former conduct, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And we read in the book of Ephesians and the book of Galatians how Jesus appeared and Jesus gave him the revelation of the grace of God. It was given to Paul, and so Paul writes extensively about it, and so I encourage you to spend much time reading the letters to the churches. It's, it's letters to you today on how, what your relationship is like with Christ and how you interact with God, how you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, how you can follow the voice of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and keep yourself free from traditions of men that are, not, that are not godly traditions. They're just man-made traditions. Keep yourself from uh, various and strange doctrines that have a tendency to creep into the church. And matter of fact, there's all kinds of stuff always coming against the church. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he wrote to him about, you know, how to conduct the affairs in the church because the church was being attacked as he was pastoring with all kinds of strange doctrines and false doctrines. And Paul wrote uh, to Timothy to encourage him. Uh, but it seemed like when Timothy tried to apply what Paul was teaching him, and things were getting worse rather than better. So he writes him another letter. In 2 Timothy, you'll find Paul telling Timothy, encouraging Timothy, he said, be strong in the grace of God. Be strong in the grace of God that is in you so it's important that we be established in the grace of God, our heart be established in the grace of God, and that we be strong in the grace of God. Be strong in it. Grace isn't just for beginners. It's not just for somebody that uh, they're not born again, they're not Christian, they need the grace of God so they can become a Christian. Well, we, we are saved by grace through faith, but now that we're saved by grace through faith, we, continue, we are to continually become strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The strength, the ability to do things, the ability to experience transformation in our lives that we could not experience apart from the grace of God. I'm reading a book right now by David Brooks. It's called The Road to Character. I'm not finished with it yet, but this just jumped out at me the other evening when I was reading it. And he made this statement. He said, no person can achieve self-mastery on his own will. He said, your individual will, reason, compassion, or character are not strong enough to consistently defeat selfishness, pride, greed, envy. And he makes this statement that everyone needs redemptive assistance. Everyone needs redemptive assistance. Well, that is true. But the good news is, is we have redemptive assistance. It's known as the grace of God. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts chapter in Acts chapter 20, he's writing, he, he's having a ministers' conference. He has the ministers from the region together. And the conference is over and he's he's giving his farewell greetings and sending them off. And he, he makes this statement in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. He said, I'm commending you. you know, they're all being dispersed. And he said, many of them are not going to see them again on this side of heaven. But he said, I'm commending you to God and to the word of his grace. I'm commending you to God and to the word of his grace. And he makes this statement concerning grace. He says, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. So the grace of God is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Transforming grace, our lives to be transformed. People sometimes, they look at me when I'm teaching on the grace of God and say, can I really personally expect transformation? Can my life really be different? Can I really become a nicer person? I sure hope so. (laughs) I really hope so. Can I become a nicer person? I hope so. Can I be more consistently, you know, Spot on in, in, in being kind and being gentle and, and being patient and, 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 and being, being quick to hear and slow to speak. You know, can I continue to improve? Can the grace of God continue to strengthen me and to enhance my, my persona in these things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, But I have to make a decision that I'm going to continue to establish my heart in the grace of God. And if my heart's going to be established in the grace of God, I need to be spending time in the grace of God. If I want to be building my biceps, I need to spend more time at the gym. If I want to be building myself up in the grace of God, I need to spend more time at the source of God's grace. And in Hebrews it says, come to the throne of God's grace. We're invited to come boldly to the throne of God's grace. When you think of a throne, you think of a kingdom. and When you think of a kingdom and the throne of God's grace, you think of a king sitting on that throne. Well, any kingdom in the natural world, the attitudes and and actions and, and the spirit that's going, that is prevailing in that kingdom is flowing from the king. Is it a nice king? Is it a ruthless king? And so the good news is, is the kingdom of God has a th- throne and we are invited to come to the throne of God's grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So grace is always readily available to us. It's always readily available. You find yourself running low on it, just like you see your, your, your gas gauge in your car coming towards empty. What do you do? You set your mind that, okay, I need to stop and fill up. Well, you sense your heart running low, and the grace of God says, okay, I'm going to stop and fill up. I just need to stop and spend some time in worship. I need to spend some time in prayer. I need to spend some time meditating. I need, to, I need to get in the Word of God. I need to be reading the Word of God. I need to build myself back up. I need to just stop at the throne of God's grace and receive his mercy for today and, and to receive the abundance of grace to help me at this very hour and whatever that need may be. So I want to share with you this morning just a couple uh, keys to... Uh, to unlocking the transforming grace of God in our lives. You know, it's readily available, but we, we, we need to uh, get it, Activated in our lives, and just a couple steps that we can do. You know, again, it's it's not. A, I don't want you to develop a works mentality. I must do these three steps, and then magically, I'm going to be just fine. I, I'm, I'm giving them steps in the form of of, of of teaching it to help your mind comprehend it. But don't necessarily think of that the first one's more important than the second one, or the second one's more important than the third one. It's not necessarily the case. But one of the steps that I find helping me. And reminding myself that I need to stay strong in the grace of God. It's the admission of my humanity. Admission of humanity. In 2 Corinthians 4 7, we are told that we have this treasure. Everyone say treasure. Treasure. We have this treasure, and it is a wonderful treasure, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have it in earthen vessels. And so it's always important that we remember that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And that, that uh, admission of humanity will remind me that I need to continually uh, purpose to not be leaning on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledging him, acknowledging God as my king, my Lord, my savior, that uh, wisdom from heaven is made readily available to me. Yes, I have this wonderful treasure I have this wonderful treasure in an earthen vessel, but the Bible is very clear that Jesus has been made wisdom unto me. That this earthen treasure, that this earthen vessel, yes, it may be an earthen vessel, but I want you to know something. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God living in me. And your earthen vessel is the temple of the Holy Spirit abiding in you. God made that decision. Don't ever sell yourself short saying, well, I'm unworthy, I'm just, you know, I'm just a human being, I'm, I'm, just, you know, I'm just human, I'm prone to make mistakes. Well, that, you know, yes, you are human, and in and of yourself, you're prone to make mistakes, but recognize, yeah, I, this is an earthen vessel, but while this earthen vessel is here, I'm to be a good steward of it. I'm to take heed to myself and to the doctrines of Christ. So take care of your earthen vessel, but always be ready to acknowledge that, yes, it's an earthen vessel, and left to myself the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. But don't stop in chapter 7 of Romans, go into Romans chapter 8, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You have the treasure in earthen vessels. So don't sell yourself short. Yes, your body is your body. Your, your humanness is your humanness. But in your earthen vessel, is, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And you have this treasure. Where do you put your treasures? In a very secure spot, right? Some, something you can trust. Well, God put his treasure in you. He's trusting you. He's entrusted great riches to you. The riches of his grace have been deposited in you. His heart has been, his love has been deposited into your heart by the Holy Spirit of God. He has set his seal upon you, your earthen vessel. So don't downplay yourself. Accept what God has made you, how he has made you, and rejoice in the fact that there's redemption for you, that you, you can continue, continually be established in the grace of Almighty God. You can continually be, be growing and developing more and more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life on a, on a regular basis. You continue to grow. So, admit that you're human, but also recognize and acknowledge that in my humanity, God has chosen to take up residence within me, and He's leading, guiding, and directing by the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit. You study the Holy Spirit, it's the indwelling Holy Spirit today. New Testament, He's indwelling. Under the old covenant, He, was, he would come upon people. But He doesn't come on you and then leave you, He doesn't come on you for two seconds, then leave you for the next 23 hours. He has come to live in you, to abide with you and in you, to lead you and to guide you. Even in your humanity, God loves you and he's interested in working in and through you. The second key to experiencing or unlocking the transforming grace of God in our lives is to to have an attitude of humility. Now, I know it's hard to be humble when you're this good. I, I, I recognize that, so I sympathize with you. But we are to have an attitude of humility. In James chapter 4, 6 tells us that God gives more grace to the humble. So sometimes people say, well, if I'm expected to to grow, if I'm expected to mature in this area, if this is expected of me, I I just need more grace, as if that's an excuse, as if that's the end of the story. Well, guess what? There's more grace available. There's more grace available to you. So humble yourself. To be humble means that you lower, to lower yourself in rank, to make yourself modest or, to, or, or humble means to yield, to yield to, or to be teachable. It's the polar opposite of pride. That's probably the best defini- definition we can give it. The polar opposite of pride. So humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of God, humble yourself. God gives more grace to the humble. True humility will always lead to the obedience of the Word of God. True humility will lead to the obedience, to the submission to the Word of God. So, humble yourself, and then it tells goes goes, if you when you read in the book of James, it says, you know, humble yourself, submit yourself to God, and He will lift you up. He will lift you up. Jesus is the perfect example. He humbled himself and became obedient to God, even to the point of death at the cross. And God lifted him up, raised him up to newness of life, and exalted him and gave him a name that's above every name. So Jesus is our example. So an attitude, first of all, an admission of your humanity, then an attitude of humility. An attitude of humility. Always be willing to humble yourself and to submit yourself to God knowing that your humility will lead will lead to obedience to the word of God you'll be led by the holy spirit you'll hear from the voice of God he'll lead you he'll guide you and he'll be directing you, you not have to be thinking that i can do this all by myself i can do this all by myself I remember when Tyler was just a couple years old and we were down at uh, his grandmother's house and he was, he was struggling with something, putting something together or whatever he was doing. And, and uh, his mother offered some assistance and Tyler responded, I can do it all by myself. And Nancy's mother overheard that and I never have seen her laugh like that nor laugh like that since then. I mean, she got this belly laugh Just got this belly laugh and just laughing. It was almost like I could go to heaven right now and be satisfied. Life is good. It's one of those moments. One of those moments. Because she heard her grandson say what she heard her daughter say many times. I can do this all by myself. (laughs) Now Nancy has grown. The grace of God has come upon her. She accepted Jesus. And she's she's good now. (laughs) She's good now. I'm the one that's in trouble at the moment, but... So pray for me, because I'm not sure I can get out of this all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> the point being is we want to get beyond that I can do this by myself. I don't know how many times in life i doing something, working on something. I can figure this out. I can figure this out. And then I finally thought, well, I just need to put it to rest for a while. I'll distract myself, and I'll clear my mind by doing something else. And then I'll be able to figure it out. And we do that consistently through life. I can do it all by myself. And so there's some things you can do, I guess, but it's a whole lot better if we have that admission of our humanity than that attitude of humility and allow the Holy Spirit to help us. Allow the Holy Spirit to help us. Then the third key to unlocking, in order to experience the transforming grace of God in our lives, It's something that's very applicable to all of our lives, and it's an appreciation for diversity. An appreciation for diversity. It's so important that we develop an appreciation. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Romans, chapter 12. Now begin reading at verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given to me, To everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts, verse 6, having then gifts differing. Everyone say differing. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Then he goes on and lists different gifts: prophecy, uh, ministry, uh, serving, teaching, giving, exhorting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the point being, the gift of mercy, you do it with cheerfulness. But I want to just focus on the uh, highlight, verse six, where it says, "Having then gifts differing, differing." I'm going to say, "Differing." You know, different is good. Different is good. Diversity. God is a very diverse God. If I would have been the creator of heaven and earth, things would be different. Not better. (laughs) For sure not better. They'd probably be a mess, but they'd be different. I remember back in the day when I enjoyed deer hunting, I'd be in the, in, in the mountains, and I'd be standing in the mountains, and I'm thinking, now, if I was the creator of heaven and earth, the trees would be in straight rows. You know, you have this gap in between, so that when, you see your, when, when you see the game that you're about to harvest, you know, you have a decent shot at it, rather than just it's always finding a tree in your way. I thought, why aren't the trees in a straight row? Just different things with, you know, some, some simple things, but... It'd be different, but I'll tell you what, it'd probably be very, very mundane, very boring. There would not be a, the diversity of colors. We would not have the diversity of seasons. It'd just be the seasons I like. <laughs> so thank God that He's creative. And thank God for His diversity. Thank God we're not all the same personalities. We're not all the same color. We're not all men. We're not all women. Thank God He created us male and female. For a purpose. Wasn't confused about that. Amen. That was his plan. Thank God for racial diversity. Yes. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank God for diversity of music, diversity in the arts, diversity in clothing styles. I mean, there's just so much diversity. You're thinking even the animal kingdom, just the diversity of animals, the diversity of sea life, just the the fish, the turtles just everything that's in the in the ocean it's just absolutely incredible just all the different colors and sizes and it's absolutely i, I i'm just astounded when i think about the animal life the plant life the diversity of plants and but the diversity of humanity We are a diverse people, and we have diverse graces and diverse giftings upon us. And the area that I believe we as the body of Christ need to continue to to develop, we need to put a lot of energy into this in this time that we're living in, is to really develop a grace for an appreciation for diversity. Instinctively, I think most of us like sameness. We, we like the comfort of who we are. We want to hang out with like-minded people, people that look alike, think alike. You know, it's easier to hang around with people that, that, that think like you think, believe what you think. It's easy to hang around with people of the same political persuasions as you. It's hard to, sometimes it may feel hard to hang around with people of different political persuasions, but it's really not. It's really not that hard. There's a kingdom of heaven. There's much work to be done. Many of the things that we get so uptight about, you know, presidents come, presidents go, congressmen come, congresspeople go, and senate people come, senate people go. The kingdom of God is continually advancing, advancing. Stay focused on the kingdom of God. Stay focused on God's kingdom. And don't spend so much time and so much energy in, in, in fighting battles that are not even worthy of your fight. Pray for people in positions of authority over us, whether, uh, whether they are of your political persuasion or not. The Bible says we're to pray for those in positions of authority over us. That's my responsibility. It's not my responsibility to persuade you of my political convictions, and it's not your responsibility to persuade me of your political convictions. Do you really want everyone to think the same and believe, do, do you really want that? Do you really want a monarchy? <laughs> Just stop and think about the things that you're fighting over and the things you get upset over. And recognize and realize, hey, there's something called the grace of God. You know, there's diversity. God brought diversity among us for a purpose. And that's to that we can learn to appreciate one another. Gifts differing according to the grace of God. In verse 4, he says, we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Thank God we don't all have the same function. If I have an issue with my heart, I don't want every doctor to be a dentist. <laughs> no offense to dentists. <laughs> but if I have heart issues, I want somebody that's, that's a heart specialist. Now, if I have a tooth problem, I, want, I don't want everybody to be a, a heart doctor. I want someone that's going to know how to fix my teeth. And so we need to recognize it and and to appreciate diversity in every area of life, whether it be political, whether it be racial, whether it be the arts. Learn to appreciate across the spectrum. You can learn to appreciate country music without liking it. (laughs) Just learn to play it backwards. You'll get your house back, your dog back, your wife back. You pick up back, you get everything back you lost, <laughs> and you'll begin enjoying it. Whatever the music is, you can just learn learn to enjoy it. I've I've grown quite a bit in musical diversity over the years. Man, I was hard nosed. You listened to this music and this music only, and it wasn't country, <laughs> and it wasn't rap. And it wasn't a whole bunch of other stuff. It was Christian music. Thank God for Christian music. Amen. And thank God for Christian rap music. Thank God for all kinds of different music. But we can learn to appreciate it because there's a story, there's a story in it. There's a life in it. And people are being touched by it. So recognize that, that if we are to grow in grace, and these are, these are, we could also refer to these three as mile markers in our life. You know, when you're traveling, you like to see, okay, how much progress am i making. When I'm out on a bike ride, I wonder how many miles have I put in and how many miles do I have to go. If I'm jogging, I'm really thinking, okay, <laughs> got a few miles in, just a few more to go. Well, we should be able to look back at our lives and see, okay, I'm, I'm much more prone to acknowledge, uh, to admit my humanity and to admit that it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm much quicker to realize and, and to remind myself that I need to constantly have an attitude of humility and I should be able to look back at my life and say, have I grown? Am I teachable? Am I more teachable today than I was a year ago, 10 years ago? We should be more teachable. We should never get to a place where I know it all. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. Together we know a lot. But by ourselves we know very little. So always have an attitude of humility. And be teachable to the things of the spirit. And, then, and So you so should be able to look back. Am I teachable? Am I humble? Am I willing to yield? Am I willing to submit to authority? And... Looking back, have I developed an appreciation for diversity, or am I still stuck with my racial prejudice that may have been instilled in me? Am I still stuck with a lack of diversity, or do I have an appreciation for others who prefer different styles of music, different styles of clothing, different styles of whatever? And learn to appreciate one another and not be judgmental of one another, but to accept one another and to love one another. That's what it's all about. So, until we can look back and say, I aced every one of those, we need to continue to have our hearts established in the grace of God, continue to get in the Word of God, continue to hear God's Word and to receive God's Word and, and purpose to grow in it and to become much more appreciative of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that has been manifested to all of us, to all of mankind, all across the culture. Because we're living in a much more diverse culture and society today than we ever did. And so we need to be adapting, we need to be growing, and we need to do some really fast growing in many areas in order to really accomplish what God wants to accomplish before Jesus returns. We need to love one another, accept one another, and, and just be able to hang out and enjoy each other. Amen? Because there's a world that needs to hear the gospel. That's right. And there's far too many people that have never been introduced to Christ are looking at those who call themselves Christians. And they're thinking, what a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. What a bunch of hypocrites. They don't even get along. They're fighting. They're judgmental. Should not be said of us. We should be the people that are so filled with the grace of God that's not a judgmental bone in us. There's not any racial prejudice within us. We are loving. We are kind. We are colorblind. Amen. We love people. We love music. We love the arts. We love diversity because God created a diversity. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for opening the eyes of our understanding to your love, to the diversity, the vastness of your love, of your creativity. Just looking at nature itself, Father, teaches us about creativity and diversity. And we're so appreciative of all that you've done, Father God, and and, and redeeming us unto yourself through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And your plan is for every tongue, every tribe, every nation to hear the good news of the gospel. So, Father, help us to grow up In the grace of God and have our hearts to be established in your grace and and not to be established and, and, and to be adamant about all the other trivial things that we talked about. But Lord, that we are adamant about growing in the grace of God and having our lives being transformed more and more into your likeness. In Jesus' name, name above all names. I pray for every person in here this morning, Lord, that uh, grace would abound. Your word declares that where sin abounds. So the areas that sin just seems to be wanting to hold us in captivity and just seems to be rearing up its ugly head. Father, I pray over those situations in our lives right now And I thank you, Lord God, that in those times, in those seasons, when sin is rearing its ugly head, it's abounding, it seems like it's out of control, your word declares that grace does much more abound. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for the much more grace on each one of our lives this day in Jesus' name. Name above all names. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. If you have anything else that you want someone to pray with you about personally, just make your way up here. Some prayer uh, partners will meet you up here and be happy to pray with you. You have a terrific day. We love you all, and we look forward to seeing you again Friday night. It's a worship night, and then again next Sunday morning. So God bless you. We love you, and have a great day.